Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. And it's rigging a book and I'll be there. All that I can find. Superman or Green Lantern ain't got Hello and welcome to issue 36 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark. And I'm joined, as always, by the Sentinel of Spring himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you this morning? I'm conquering Corona. Um, <laughs> before the show started, Ian and I were both excited. We both had our first uh, shots, uh, looking forward to kind of having things uh, return to normal uh, with that spring awakening. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to ask. I got Pfizer. Which which one did you get? Oh, you went. Yeah, I think that's all they were doing. Up, yeah, up there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt um, it it feels like turning the corner. It it feels like um, you know, it's kind of hope. I, mean, I saw a lot of people were really like, I was just like, yeah, this is great, and you know, it was cool. But I saw a lot of people that were almost emotional about it. Like there, you can tell that it's a it's a big deal, and it's you know, it oh, is that hope of getting back to normal. Yeah, Melissa was definitely, like, very excited. She was more excited than I was about me getting the shot because she's already had <laughs> her vaccination. Um, right. But and it's funny, too, because she's much more of a homebody than I am, too. But she's just realizing that it means, like, if you want to stay home, you can, but you don't have to anymore. I think it's, like, <laughs> right. what it, what that really means. Um, and I think she's excited because it means we do you get to see family again, too, because – I think for us, that's been a big part of it is not even being able to kind of see our parents just because, you know, they were older in the higher risk groups. So I think that's been a yeah. big piece of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom usually comes to visit at least once a year. Didn't come last year. You know, she's hoping to come maybe in August. But, yeah, I haven't seen my mom in two years because she lives in North Carolina. So that's crazy. And I didn't even obviously if I stopped to think about it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. But, but time goes so fast, too, that I'm. Part of me was like, wow, has it really been that long? But, it, you know, and we, we talk all the time, so it's not, you know, regular phone calls and all that. So it's not like we're not in touch, but obviously that's different from actually, yeah. you know, and obviously my my kids have, you know, I have, uh, you know, my oldest is about to turn 18 and my, my youngest is about to turn 15. So that's two years is a, a big difference in, in their lives, yeah. too. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it feels like feels like we got some hope on the horizon, which is nice. Oh, I wanted to say real quick, too, that uh, I apologize for my sound quality in the last episode. I didn't realize until I started to edit it that it sounded like my external mic was on and not my, my headset mic. So it was everything from, you know, probably me breathing too hard or whatever to the dog's nails on the floors upstairs. To, so sorry about that. Hopefully this one sounds better. It's always good when it's someone else's mic besides mine. Yeah, no, yours sounded great. I was like, I was like, oh man, what happened? And then I can't remember what it was. There was something. Oh, I think I had tried to mute a cough or something like that. And then, and then I heard it on that. And I was like, I, I was like, oh, okay. And that kind of, I still, I think I edited it out, but <laughs> that made me realize I was like, huh. So hopefully that's not the case this time, but we'll see. We had a few things we were going to talk about beforehand. Uh, a bunch of comic-y stuff going on, really. Andy still has not seen WandaVision and has only seen a little bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier, so we won't talk about that. I did want to mention a couple things that are in Falcon and Winter Soldier, though, that I, they're not spoilers. They're telling you something that's in there, but I, I don't consider it spoilery, and you can get mad at me if you think it is spoilery. But in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 3, they go to Madripoor. Okay. And 
So that is obviously a huge X-Men tie. Yeah. They also, so, and this, again, not a spoiler, we know Baron Zemo is going to be in it because he's in the, the trailers and everything. Zemo talks about the fallout after what happened in Sokovia after Age of Ultron and invading neighbors. Now, I think geographically, isn't Latveria near yeah. Madripoor? So, uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah no, that's no, what I'm talking. Oh no, yeah, Sokovia. Sorry, did I did I say? Yeah, Madripoor? yeah, you said Madripoor. My bad. Sorry, sorry. Madripoor is like a Pacific. Yes, like yes, it's like a Pacific thing. island, sort of like Singapore. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. I'm sorry, I misspoke. It, Sokovia because of the fallout. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So so yeah, he mentions like invading neighboring countries. So I'm wondering if these are the early seeds of not only X Men but Fantastic Four coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah, that'd be cool. Madripoor is very cool. I won't, and there's there's like nods to the comics all through it. So it was cool to see Madripoor. Well, there's a lot going on with Madripoor right now too, with the latest run of X Men as well. So, like I I really like the Marauders right now, and there's a ton a ton with that as uh, as well. So, um, yeah, that'll be that'll be very interesting. Yeah, that, that's that's spoiler free. Mentioning Madripoor, yeah, I figured mentioning, it was. Uh, Latveria is is not. That's not spoilers. That's fine. Yeah. Invincible. That is out on the first four. I think it's the first four episodes are on Prime now. And we talked about being looking forward to that. I saw the first episode. I thought it was really good. I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm guessing you haven't had a chance for that one yet. though. No, no, no. But I really like I really like that. That's that's one, too, where it's funny. I started reading that after it had been out for so long that I was just buying like the trades and I and I. And to be honest, by buying the trades, I really mean waiting for them to hit Comixology Unlimited. But um, that's one that I I do often think about just buying kind of the next set before it hits Unlimited um, because it is it is good. Um, and I like I like the it's funny too. It's got a different art style. It it feels very the art style feels very upbeat, and sometimes it's like what's happening on the page is not always upbeat. So well, uh, yeah, and the, the cartoon. Sorry, I was going to say the cartoon definitely has that aesthetic, too. It's a very clean, bright uh, animation style. Yeah. And then uh, it uh, uh, the subject matter gets dark. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks like they animated the comic book. Like, it, because uh, I've watched a ton of trailers and stuff on it uh, and some preview stuff. So, yeah, it, it looks good. Yeah, it's got a great uh, voice cast. you got J.K. Simmons is in there. Steven Yeun is in there. It's um yeah it's it's very well done. I'm looking forward to, to catching more of it. The first episode's about 45 minutes to maybe 50 minutes, so I'm not sure if they're all that long or if that was just kind of the kickoff. So I have to go back in um and uh and start watching. I'll probably watch a little more this weekend, but that's off to a great start. And uh we wanted to talk a little bit about something that's been uh, very it's been all over my social media. I, I assume it has been for a lot of people, and that's the Snyder cut of dc's justice league now i saw it i watched all four hours i had to do it in two sittings i watched it like on a the friday night when it came out and then i watched it the rest saturday i did like two hours and two hours and andy i know you haven't seen it so i won't i won't talk too much about spoilers but i and i know it's very divisive too people are like oh it's it didn't help you know the original movie's a mess this doesn't help or it's overblown whatever i enjoyed it I because I am a comic book guy and they were able to add so much more comic book stuff to it. I I just I really enjoyed it. I I took it for what it was. It's like do I want to sit and watch all four hours again? Not anytime soon. But I I 
appreciated what they did and they really fleshed out like cyborg for example gets a really good lot of screen time and and backstory and um you see some really cool stuff from dc comics and i appreciated that and i i like snyder's take on things uh for a lot of stuff i wasn't crazy about man of steel but overall i really like this um yeah. and i know you 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 had some some stuff you want to say about it too. Well, so what's funny is is I so this past you know couple of weeks I've read two really good articles. Uh, one was from Vulture that talked about how it was it was a big success for HBO that that basically they're they really feel that they're you know it was a worthwhile investment and most of what I've heard is is good praise. It's just it's long, which made me laugh because. The other article I read was from um, Slasher Film, and it said there's no HBO doesn't necessarily release numbers like um, like the Nielsen numbers where you can tell kind of how how much people watch. But people have figured out um, using some kind of third party stuff that basically around 36 percent of everyone that started the (laughs) Snyder Cut finished it like uh, now. I think like you, it was probably like a two sitting thing. So like they yes. can only track whether they started and finished in one sitting. Oh. Uh, but I think that's that's super interesting that HBO is looking at it as a win, but some other metrics are showing like people can't make it make it through <laughs> it. Uh, and it's interesting that like nowadays that doesn't seem to actually bother people. Like so the idea that it like 36 percent of the people watched it in one sitting but it's still doing well means that people are just so used to being able to like break things up or just pause it wherever they want and go and go back to it. It's, it's so much different. Like think of even when like you rented a video cassette, right? So like you knew you maybe had a day or two with that. Like, so you, you planned out your weekend around that. Like, uh, but now like, it's just out there and you can watch it at your own pace. So people don't, I think the fact that it's four hours is less important to people. And I think HBO doesn't care as long as someone started it, because that means they have a subscription. Like it's not, it's not hurting their bottom line. If people don't make it through it. In fact, they're right. putting they, more they had, it. yeah, they had the interest to start it in the first place. And that's a good point. I didn't think about that because our buddy Greg was, he's, he's been just, taking dump after dump on the, the, the Snyder Cut. He watched my, it. My he favorite thing about time. Greg is he makes me look like a positive individual. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, so he was – and then he texted me that. He's like, only 36% of people that started it finished it. And I didn't think about that, whether or not they can actually hone in and say, yeah, 36 people, 36% of people watched it in one sitting, or am I in the other percentage, the other 64% that watched it or, yeah, and guaranteed, there's a lot of people that didn't finish it. I, I guarantee that happened. Right, right. Well, right. there's there's probably are a ton of people like me that had to watch in a couple sittings, and um, you know, does that factor in? And that's how we watch things now. People binge stuff all the time. You know, an entire Netflix series will drop, and and I'm seeing things on the same day on Netflix or sorry on Facebook about people saying, oh, this season was great. It's like you sat and watched like all eight hours or ten hours, and and I can't do that. I have so, and I I blame the internet for that because I I just my attention span. In fact, that's that's part of my problem. That's why I haven't watched WandaVision yet is because I like watching like when there's shows like that where I can watch an entire season. That's uh, that's 
part of the reason why I didn't get the WandaVision yet is because I needed to catch up on The Expanse, and I watched an entire season. Before that, I watched two seasons of uh, HBO's Westworld because I had fallen behind, and I liked those, but I can just sit and I can wa- I'll basically take a Saturday and start in the morning and just watch all all day long. You know, and, and it gets, you know, there's other time constraints, so it gets harder to do that. But that's, I love being able to just kind of sit and watch a ton all at once. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Greg probably read the same article I did. And the way the article makes it out is that less than half the people ever finished it. But we don't, we don't have any way of knowing that. I think, right. I think it's much more likely that people are like, I don't care that it's four hours. Like, I'll just watch two now and two later. Like, I'm, yeah. Well, and, and Snyder made it so that you can do that because he actually has act breaks. There's like, I think it's five parts. It says, you know, part one, this, and then part. So I, oh, after about two I hours, didn't realize that. Yeah. After about two hours, I, I got to, this was the other thing. My wife likes the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We watched WandaVision. She liked that. We're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. She enjoys all of them, but she's not deep into the comic book lore. She doesn't, you know, aside from Justice League, seeing that movie, she she probably never heard of Cyborg. But I started it on that Friday night, and she was sitting on the couch across from me, and, you know, she was doing something on, on her phone or whatever, and I noticed a little while in, she had put her phone down. And then, you know, Kaiden, our older son, got home from work at like 9 o'clock, and we talked to him for the pause of the movie, talked to him for a little while. And then Amy was going to go up to bed. And she's like, are you going to watch more of this? And I said, I'm going to watch probably another, you know, to the next act break, probably 15, 20 minutes. And she sat back down and watched the the rest of it. And then we watched the end of it on Saturday together. So she actually, despite not knowing more of DC Universe than your big three, your Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, she she enjoyed it. She liked the story and the action and everything. So so that was interesting to me um, that she enjoyed it on a different level. So I think I think it's got to be a huge success for them because for DC, everyone was talking about it. Everyone right. when it came out. So, I mean, it's I think it's got to be a big win for them. Yeah, no, I think it was it was again, it was one of those things where um I think you couldn't have gotten away with this back in the day when people expected movies to come out in the movie theater. Um, but now that you can put a movie out direct, you know, direct to video, you know, and have it be not the same as what direct to video used to be. Right. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah. direct to video used to be like you, this movie isn't good enough to make it to theaters. Um, right. No, I think that's I think that's neat. Um, I also think it's one of those things too. You're not going to be able to do this with every movie out there. I'm sure there's a lot of director cuts that the directors want out there, but you you really need the fact that there people were like itching for more story from a, an established universe that that's the type of thing that works. Um, so yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty neat. And you also don't have, it's an unusual situation in that it was two different directors. You're not talking about a, a director going back and expanding his own work. True. You know, this was Joss Whedon's original justice league that came out and then Snyder went back. Cause he had obviously, you know, he had a, a family tragedy that occurred and he had to drop out of justice league. So and you wonder too about other stuff like it would be it would be interesting and and we have precedence for this because they released the Donner cut of Superman 2 like maybe I don't even know 10 years ago and and that was interesting and that sold well and I bought that and then you've got things like 
was it Miller and Lord that started on solo and then um, yep. Ron Howard took over. I don't know how much they filmed, but you know, how much different is that movie? And I love solo anyway. I don't, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's a, a super fun star Wars movie. So I'm not, it's not like I'm like, oh, man, what could have been? I really like it. So, But there are other ones that are like that. Or you think of like just weird stuff like how much of Back to the Future was filmed with Eric Stoltz before they fired him and brought in Michael J. Fox. I mean, and that footage is out there, too. And that's so there's all these weird things that I'm are, okay that are with that. I'm not seeing that. Yeah, no, he's he's not. I've seen it. And it's weird because obviously it's an iconic role for Michael J. Fox. But it's also I think that role needed a certain temperament and um just like uh, a lightheartedness and and that's not what's happening in the, in the eric stoltz cut one more thing i wanted to mention real quick before yeah. we move on to regular segments is i found out a, about a short film on thursday that i did not know existed and this was fascinating to me so apparently in 1980 or well it would have been like 78 79 when george lucas is working on empire strikes back one of his – I'm not sure if he was a cinematographer or what role he had on Empire Strikes Back. But there's a guy who um, directed his own stuff, and his name is Roger Christian. And I mean, he was working on Empire with Lucas. And he showed – and again, I'm not, I might be getting some of the details wrong. I apologize. I didn't go down the rabbit hole on it too much. But he apparently showed Lucas a script for a short film, a fantasy film. Lucas liked it so much. He and again, I might have the details wrong, but my understanding is he gave Roger Christian some money, maybe ten thousand dollars and a small crew to go to Scotland and film and make this short film. That short film was called Black Angel, and it was screened in the UK before Empire, when Empire was Empire Strikes Back was in the theater. It was then lost until about five years ago when someone found a print of it and restored it. It is free on YouTube. It's about 22 minutes long. It's got like a five-minute intro from the director. It's really cool. It's really cool. And and, the, and Roger Christian, he intros it, the, the director, he mentions that John Borman, the director of Excalibur, screened that for his crew before they filmed Excalibur. And it is very evident on Excalibur when you see this from the music to the cinematography. It's um it's beautifully huh. shot. It's got these great locations in Scotland. It's 22 minutes, totally worth it, worth checking out. It's really cool. I'm reading the, the Wikipedia page right now. Yeah, I didn't even look at that. I just went and um I found out about it on the Vintage RPG podcast because they covered okay. it. I don't know if you listen to that. That's a really fun podcast, and it's short too. They they're usually like 20 minute long episodes, and they cover everything from old modules to stuff like this. But um. Yeah, I I had no idea. I I it was I listened to that episode of the of Vintage RPG on my way to the dentist. When I got home from the dentist, I immediately watched Black Angel because it's like I said, it's free on YouTube. The quality's good. It's it's totally worth it. The Black Angel like bad guy is the design is super cool. It's like almost like a black knight with a large like um, mace or maul, and he's got cobwebs all over him. And the music is cool. The cinematography is cool. It's totally worth your time if you like fantasy, especially if if you like Excalibur, which I love. I love that movie. So yeah, yeah, it's, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, twenty minutes. That's an easy one to check out. Cool. Yeah. So I just want to mention that because I didn't know that existed. I thought that was super cool that um that it, it was literally lost and then rediscovered. So yeah. But uh, all right, I think we've rambled enough. We can we can start the start the regular parts of the show. Nice. 
Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reading. And I usually go first, so no, I guess no need to break tradition. I guess it's maybe rude of me to go first, but usually I have far less than Andy. As you may recall from last episode, Andy turned me on to Marvel Unlimited, the online uh, Marvel Comics version of Comixology with all, all the Marvel library. And I will say there are some things that are not there, not available. So I was a little disappointed. Like, for example, going back to – I wanted to go back and maybe read some key Spider-Man story arcs from Amazing Spider-Man. A lot of the early Amazing Spider-Man is not available. You know, They just – for whatever reason, they don't. And maybe there's a higher tier subscription level where it's available. I'm not sure. No, Andy says no. No, no. It's I think I think it's one of those things too where certain properties might like. I think with Spider-Man too, like I wonder if some of those properties are tied up in ownership, so they can't digitize it. So I I wonder about about things like that because it is odd. Like there are certain ones like like there's a ton of Captain America in there. Like um, but. But Marvel's always owned Captain America, so I think I think some of it probably has to do with that. Um, some of it might be related to how the artists own some of it too, and just trying to digitize it. So it's because they definitely digitize stuff from that era. Uh, it's just it's just one of those things where do they maybe it has to do with the digital rights to some of that stuff. Yeah, that could be. I didn't think about that. And maybe it's individual characters, too, bad guys or something, because other other Spider-Man stuff is available. I've been reading Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man. This, I, I, part of me is very happy that you told me about this, and, and part of me is kind of annoyed because now I'm I'm reading nothing but Marvel right now. I'm, I haven't even – I cracked open Comixology so I could pick the next read this, but I hadn't even touched Comixology. I have been just devouring Marvel stuff. I, everything from, like I said, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. I went back and um, read the origin of the new Hobgoblin, uh, which it, it was so weird to me. The cover didn't look familiar, but I started reading that issue. And um, I told Amy I was I was reading it in bed and she, she could care less. But I was like, <laughs> I told her anyway, because it was it was fascinating to me. I was like, I owned this issue. I was like, I didn't remember the cover. A lot of times I remember the covers because when I was a kid, I would read and read and read, you know over and over and i didn't remember the cover but i remembered that issue so i was reading that i've read some of the captain america i went back to where you you were reading so that i could kind of read along with you boy uh on that real quick nomad's first costume uh is horrible (laughs) that costume is awful it is so bad yeah Uh, yeah 
It's like, yeah, it's really bad. But the one that has taken the most of my time, I haven't read any, have I read any new comics in the last month? I don't think so, is Uncanny X-Men. I was not an... Yeah, I was not an X-Men guy growing up. Like, I was aware, and then especially once I got to, like, college and I was reading Wizard Magazine, I I knew what was going on with the X-Men. And I knew a lot of the famous um, story arcs from Dark Phoenix to Days of Future Past. And in the meantime, I've gone back and read those as trades. But there's all those kind of in-between stuff that I've never read, like Storm and the Morlocks and Hellfire Club, and Rogue first joining the X-Men. So that's kind of the era I'm in, like, probably around eighty, late 82 maybe is where, and I'm up to, like, 1985 now. I've just been devouring those and just really, really enjoying it. It's a The team itself is one that I really like, everybody in it. You've got Wolverine, you've got Colossus, Kitty Pride, Storm, uh, Cyclops, but he's not been in a ton because he's it's post Phoenix and he's uh, with Madeline Pryor, so he's he's kind of been off on his own. Professor X isn't really a huge part of it either. He's he's there obviously, but not he's he's not front and center. They focus very much on Storm, Kitty Pride, Colossus, Nightcrawler's in there. So this is a lot of my favorite X Men, which I think helps. And um, I'm just I am really really loving going through these books that I've never read but have a vague you know, memory of. And, and I texted our buddy, Rich, who's a huge X-Men fan. And I said, Oh, I'm reading this era. And he's like, Oh man, that's right around where I started. He's a little bit younger than us. He, so he would have been maybe like 10 or so when these were coming out. Um, but he's like, Oh yeah, you're about to get to like when they introduced forge and all this stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's been, that's been super fun and I'm really loving the Marvel unlimited. Yeah. That's on my next list. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what I've been doing with Marvel Unlimited when we get to our read this discussion, because <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's interesting. But I'll leave that part for there. Did you have any that's more? It for, no, right. that's it for me. I've it's literally been a few Spider-Man issues here and there. I read some of the Captain America that you're reading, and uh, and then like I've probably read 25, maybe even 30 issues of X-Men. I've just been every night. I've been before bed. I've been reading two to three issues and, and awesome. loving it. I also, I also like Marvel's interface on my tablet much better than Comixology's. It's, it's a pain in the butt. I have not been able to save. I don't, I still haven't figured out how to save. I literally have to go and find my next issue every time in the, in the big list. And I haven't been able to save like my, so that it goes to my next one. So that's the only complaint I have. But other than that, the, the comics are clean and crisp. And the, the full screen looks beautiful. It's a perfect size. Um, I read it full screen. I don't do the guided view like I do on Comixology. For whatever reason, I like it better in the Marvel version like this. So, yeah, I'm super happy with it. I'll definitely be keeping that subscription for a while. So good yeah. recommendation, Andy, for me to spend yeah. more money. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. I will say I actually do not – I really don't like how Marvel Unlimited organizes my library. So on my iPad, it's okay for me to be able to kind of search through and mark what I read on a regular browser on the computer. It's nearly impossible. Like I, it literally only provides me with an alphabetical listing and I marked like 50, a hundred comics that I wanted to read. And so I was trying to get ready for today to go back and look at what I had read and stuff. And I was like, I can't, I can't figure it out. Like, so comiXology does a better job, I think of organizing 
like what I'm what I'm reading and what I want to read. I'm having a really hard time with that in Marvel Unlimited. But again, Marvel Unlimited is unlocking huge amounts of comics for me. So I can't complain too much about it. it so but what it has also meant is that when it comes to comicsology, I'm only buying two Marvels now because basically what I've realized is if I just wait a couple months, I'll be able to read all the things I want to read from Marvel just a little bit later with the unlimited because a lot of their stuff just gets pushed out. And, you know, so I read it two or three months after it came out, sometimes four. Uh, but there's a couple titles that I really like. So I still really like reading X-Men. So I, I keep up with that. I keep up with uh, Black Panther. Uh, I keep up with um, Deadpool and then Marauders. Uh, those are four that I just, I like reading right away, like those ones, uh, especially the X-Men. The last two ones have been really good. Um, Marauders has been really good. Um, Deadpool did a 30th anniversary. It's his 30th birthday. So they did a really weird thing where they had a whole bunch of little short stories written by uh, different authors uh, last month. Um, some were really good. Some were really kind of okay um they because they were trying to be funny and kind of do the deadpool thing um but that's been fun but like some of the other stuff that i like from marvel right now like the like ian you could catch up on the star wars bounty hunters um oh okay good (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, because that's a bunch of that's in there now i think those they've been releasing like maybe a month behind so that's they're up to like eight i think um oh perfect or seven yeah seven or eight just yeah they're right there yeah so that's that's fun to catch up on because that's another one where i I was like eh, this is okay but now that it's on there i'm 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 reading through them again so for me comiXology has become much more of image so i'm reading a ton of image now on there because basically any time i see something new from image i give it i give it a shot uh because i'm not worried about kind of <laughs> getting too much because now i can just wait for some of my uh marvel stuff so one from image that i'm going to recommend to you ian because it has it it has a deadlands feel oh okay it's uh called two moons two uh moons, so it's okay. it's out from image the writer is john arcudi a-r-c-u-d-i um i don't really uh he's done He's done a bunch of other it stuff. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. He's done familiar. some stuff. Ape Sapien. Uh, looks like he might have done and some um, Batman at one point too. But Hellboy, Lobster Johnson. So he's been doing. He's out there. That's it's good. There's only two right now, uh, but that's pretty good. It's got a definite Deadlands feel to it. New one from Image. Nocturna. Noc, no, no, sorry, Nocterra. This is Scott Snyder. So. Oh, cool he's doing something cool where he did that whole black uh, Batman dark metal. Um, now he's kind of building his own little world that has a very similar feel to that. Um, so it's you know, obviously completely separate. Uh, but basically there was an event where the earth is just covered in darkness and it's kind of changing people that stay out in the darkness too long all the creatures that are out there so it's it's got a very sci-fi feel to it as well but it's that one's been 
a lot of fun. Still reading Firepower, which has been one of my favorite new ones. That's from Kirkman. That's the the martial arts one. Oh, man, that's still so good. Let's see what it was. Oh, there's two that are like... So every once in a while, I get into these comics that are... Like, they're much more... I have to, like... I have to go back and reread because it's... The storylines are very, very deep. Uh, so Tartarus and Decorum are two more from Image. Uh, Tartarus is Johnny Christmas. Uh, what a name. Um, <laughs> but it is, like... It is all... You know, it's it's a whole kind of space opera. Uh, and the same with Decorum. Uh, but the thing I like about both Tartarus and Decorum is... The primary characters in both of those are um, are female, um, and they they do a very good job. Uh, Decorum is actually Jonathan Hickman, who I really like as a writer too, and the art style on both of them is is not what kind of falls into my typical wheelhouse. But again, they're such good stories. Um, and I don't read books as much as I used to, and I've said this a million times on this show, so. I need comics that are fun to read too, um, and that's been been that. I'm almost done here. <laughs> no worries. Die, 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 which is another image imprint. Kirkman does some of the writing on it, so does Scott uh, Gimple. You know how when you like talk to people about conspiracy or you read about conspiracy theories, there's always like some shadowy group in the government that does all these things to make sure that the world runs right. This is about yeah, yeah, those Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not as like cultish as Illuminati. It's literally like it's a, a group of senators that kind of move pieces around so things happen in a way they want. Like so, you know, you need you know the price of corn to stay stable, so you send this group in to you know blow up a company that's making like restrictive like GMO crops or something like. So it's like they're hitting everybody. They're not always hitting the little guys. Sometimes they're hitting the big guys. Sometimes they're going after corporations. Sometimes they're going after other governments. There's two kind of storylines that go on, and it's you get a little bit of the people that are kind of controlling the cabal, and then you've got the the people that are the the pieces that are moving around inside it. Um, I like it. It's very over the top. There's aliens. There's magic. There's you know regular cloak and dagger stuff. So it's fun. Um, it feels much more like Steve Jackson's Illuminati than like <laughs> uh, kind of old school like secret cult stuff. You know, I'm always a sucker for post-apocalyptic, so post-Americana, that's another fun one. This whole idea of kind of what happens to America uh, after kind of a post-apocalyptic event. And Scott Snyder's doing another one with Image that I like called Undiscovered Country. Uh, that's kind of a America in the kind of not-too-distant future uh, and some weird technology stuff. All right. I haven't done that in a while, so I wanted to go through kind of all the stuff that's like that I'm reading on a regular basis. There's another one, Ian, that I want to tell you about from Boom Studios that I've been that just came out. It's written by two authors, Mark Kindit. That doesn't do a lot, but the other author is Keanu Reeves. Oh. So Keanu Reeves is writing his own comic called Berserker. 
Uh, <laughs> but it's it's funny. There's no E. So it's B-R-Z-R-K-R. They're already talking about making it a TV show. Oh, yeah. I would think with Keanu attached, yeah. Yes. Huh. Only okay. one issue so far. So good. Okay. Cool. So it's it has a very old guard feel. Um, that was that other one uh, that they did recently with Charlize Theron that was based on a comic book. Uh, it has a very similar feel to that. It's good. It's real like I like it a lot, uh, even just the first one. Um, and the main character looks like Keanu Reeves too. So <laughs> interesting. But like a little bulkier. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that one's super super fun. I think that's yeah. Oh, and then I'm still reading Once in Future, which is this very odd take on Arthurian legends and stuff. Um, that's Kieran uh, Gillen or yeah, Gillian or I yep. Jamie or somebody will remind me how I'm mispronouncing <laughs> names. Um, but that's, uh, that's been a fun one too. So yeah, still reading a ton of comics, but now I get to focus in on, you know, some of the other titles um, that I, that aren't coming out of Marvel. So it's not, you know, I wait a little longer for Marvel, but I still still have a ton of stuff to read. Yeah, we've yeah. kind of crossed over because now I'm I wasn't reading a ton of Marvel stuff because <laughs> Comicsology doesn't have a ton of it because Marvel has their own, and right, then now right. I'm reading like almost nothing but Marvel. So very cool. All right, I've got a big a big list. I, I'm showing Andy my my <laughs> writing all this stuff down. Yeah, I'll definitely check out some of these. So very cool. Any uh, any others to mention? Oh no, that's enough. I think. Uh, yeah, that's that's quite a bit in there. Those are the those are definitely the high points too. Um, I can't remember. I don't. I haven't hit any low points. Well, we'll get to low points when we when we discuss read this. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, Lord Aku, the samurai has escaped our clutches once again. You have failed me again, my daughter. If the foolish samurai has once again escaped, then you shall be banished. Dad, you need to chill out. It's time to go on a Geek Nation tour. A what? A Geek Nation tour, where they have tours of Middle Earth, feudal Japan, and even a Star Trek tour. No, we must capture the... Wait, did you say Star Trek tour? Yep. To geeknationtours.com It is entitled, Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome to Read This, where we take a story arc or a trade paperback or a one-shot or something that we either want to reread or think uh, Andy might think I want to read or vice versa. Whatever it is, we pick something. We hope you'll read along with us, and then we discuss it. And it was Andy's pick last month, and he picked Annihilation, a Marvel Comics six-issue series that had it had a whole bunch of other stuff leading into it and leading out of it, but we focused on Annihilation, which was was it 2014? Yeah, I believe so. Um, uh, no, it's early. Uh, is it earlier than that? Uh, no, I, 20. No, 2006. 2006. Okay, I, yeah. I think I was doing the backwards math. I was like, was it six years ago? Was it? Although we're in 2021, what a weird time we're in. It is, but uh, Andy texted me at one point and he's like, don't even bother. And I was like, don't even bother reading it. And I was, he's like, it's so bad. And I was like, well, I gotta, I, I gotta at least see. So I read the first four. I didn't get through all six. I probably could have finished last night, but I read more X Men. Um, um, so I, I guess quickly, what I'll say, my thoughts are, are, and and then we can kind of go from there. But 
I think the word that comes to mind is is mess. It's a mess. They're I get what they're trying to do. It almost feels like they're trying to do an epic Star Wars type space saga. And it's just it's difficult to read. It's confusing. Even the artwork is a bit too congested and too much going on. I just had a real hard time with this. So yeah. what, what was it? That, so <laughs> so I usually do not go in for Marvel's epic space stuff because I find the characters to be oftentimes way too overpowered. Um, and they always have like a, like a, no matter how powerful someone was, someone else somehow finds another little bit of power to, to beat them in a way that to me doesn't involve a lot of like thinking. It's just all of a sudden they have more cosmic energy than they did last week. Um, and I and I get that that also happens in other comics, but it's often it's still often checked. Like you know, when you tell me that this is the ultimate power, and then next week somebody has the ultimate power plus one, like it just <laughs> it gets it gets tough for me at times. Annihilation had always been something that I wanted to read more about, and I was like, oh look, it has Annihilation one through six. What I didn't realize is, and you started to mention this, is the story is, is confusing because you can't just read this these six. Like, you literally have to know all the other ones that led up to it, all the other ones that were going on at the same time as it. And that is something that Marvel does every once in a while that annoys me to no end. When I'm reading a series... And you introduce this cool storyline, and I get it. You're trying to get me to read those other ones, but this one is particularly difficult to understand what I should be reading and when. I get it. If you would put it in a trade, and they have a trade, that makes sense. But if I'm going back and trying to kind of reread this stuff, man, it was like all of a sudden there are like all these characters that I'm like, wait, how did they? how did they all end up here? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. and what's even more annoying is that this annihilation storyline takes place 205 days after annihilation day. Like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, I thought this was the main annihilation storyline. Nope. Like so much of the story has already taken place that all they're doing is throwing everybody into a big mixing pot, swirling it around. And then, throwing it back out at me and like hoping that I enjoy this Jackson Pollock mess. Like, <laughs> and it's, and it wasn't, it was not enjoyable. Uh, but as a glutton for punishment, I've been trying to like go back and figure out all the other stuff. And then I started reading, there's a whole another thing after annihilation called annihilation conquest, um, which because when I put annihilation on my, uh, Marvel Unlimited kind of library, I grabbed all these other titles, so I'm like, I'm going to try to read some of these. And it's, what I've realized is I need to keep a separate spreadsheet that lists out which titles I need to read before, which titles I need to read while I'm trying to read this storyline. And I'm like, I've finally gotten to the point where like, I'm like, nope, I'm going back to my one right after another of Steve Rogers as Captain America. Like, and Ian's been, you know, talking about how much he's enjoying the uncanny action. Like I, 
I can't wait to get to that. Like I'm trying like, so there's another similar series to Annihilation called uh, War uh, War of Kings, uh, which is the the Kree uh, versus the um, Shatar. But like the Kree right now are being ruled by the Inhumans, which again I don't get. The Shatar being run by uh, I think Havoc. Like, and again, it's one of those things where it's like. I get to the end of the first one. It's like, okay, here are the next six comics you need to read before you read part two. And then I look out on Wikipedia and it's like, yeah, these are the 14 you should have read before you read that (laughs) one. I'm like, no, no, you're not doing it to me again. If you look, if you look up annihilation on Wikipedia, I'm on that page right now. It's massive. (laughs) Wait, wait, this is my favorite part. The plot summary literally lists one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other comics before (laughs) this series that we just read. And then there's one after it. I was like, no, no, I did like, (laughs) no. And yeah, yeah, it just, it's very, it's very confusing. And maybe, maybe if you had read the entire thing, it flows nicely and it's actually a really epic story, but jumping right in the middle, it's, and Marvel usually does a good job with that. They're usually very forgiving about you jumping into the middle of a crossover, giving you some sort of recap. And they do attempt that here, but I think there's too much. There's just too much going on. But the cool thing is like, there's some great characters in here. Like I started to see some of the cast and I'm like, it looks like a bunch of people we'd pick for the somebodies because they're cool characters. You got, you got a, a decent chunk of the guardians of the galaxy with Peter Quill, um, AKA star Lord. You got Drax and Gamora. You got Ronan, the accuser. You've got, um, uh, fire Lords in there. One of, one of the heralds of Galactus. He's a cool character. You got all these cool characters and it's just, there's just, too much going on and none of them get a chance to shine. You've got Richard Ryder, the, that version of Nova, you, yeah. the, but they just don't, they don't get, there's too many. They don't get a chance to, to really have any standout character moments or anything that like differentiates them from one another. And the worst death of Thanos ever. Uh, would I might oh, have you might not have gotten to it. I don't think I got to that. Yeah, he dies in a knife fight. Like I'm, I don't care. I'm spoiling it. He dies in a knife fight. Like, yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's awful. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I really like the idea of there's you know there's something from you know a a different universe, the negative zone, um, you know that you know they're they're being destroyed as our kind of universe expands. So they're going to come here. You know, it's that unstoppable wave, you know, it's, uh, and it's, I love, I love some of that. I love, but then there's just all these things that, yeah, it's just so confusing. Um, yeah. Like I love, I want to read more about Ronan, uh, which is why, what comes right after Annihilation, Annihilation, um, what was it, Conqueror, I already, already forget, is like the immediate follow-on to this. And it's and it's this cool idea that actually involves Ultron in the end. And that's, and it's super fun, but it's it's another one of those ones where I'm just like, what what's happening? Like, 
Like it's got Moon Dragon. I can't remember her girlfriend's name now. Oh, F- uh, Phyla Vell. Sorry. Uh, oh right. Yeah, it's it again. <laughs> I felt bad. I I really wanted to try some of uh, the more galactic spanning stuff, and it, a lot of it's written by da- Dan Abnett too, which I like. I really like as an author, but it's just I think these can only at this point these can only be read as traits like where where it puts it all together that it is very difficult to to try to figure out what i need to read and when um without like because because again marvel didn't even do a great like job with this one of telling me which ones i needed to read um it just assumed that i had been reading them all all along so yeah, I wish comic companies did a better job of that, of, of whether it's a numbered checklist or even just something to help you with that, to, to say, hey, you know, this even a little box at the in the on the first page saying, you know, these events take place, you know, after this, this and this. But and, and don't say the annihilation 205 days after the annihilation wave or whatever, say after, you know, annihilation Nova, after annihilation Silver Surfer, all these other comics make it i don't know why they don't make it easier for for readers and that's frustrating well and again it's one of those things where it looks like the trade paperbacks collected in the way you should read it and you know oftentimes you know they will they'll say like story continued in you know x-men one and then as well as wolverine number 13 and they'll do those little check boxes but but the problem with that is that that just tells me where this story is going with this one. You literally jumped into the middle of it. Like with yeah. no, like, Hey, you know, you know, this is, this is con- the continuing story from, from this. Like, so it's hard going back in time and reading these, um, ha- like, yeah, Peter Quill is like half cyborg in this. I'm like, wait, what is <laughs> yeah, going I, on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which which is hilarious because this the Annihilation Conquest, which happens right after this, they just retcon it by like removing it one, one time when he gets like knocked out for some reason. They're like, we decided to take all this out. I'm like, I don't <laughs> even know why he has it in the first place. So like, I'm I'm really really confused now. Um, but yeah, again, it's one of those ones where I really wanted to try to get into some of those like, you know, galactic spanning ones, and I'm I'm having a hard time with it. And like I said, I'm I'm punishing myself right now because I'm trying to read the War of Kings uh, stuff, but it, it's doing the same thing. Like it literally at the end of this one, it's like here's the other next six you need to read, and I'm like, so I go back and I find those, and it's like you need to read. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 13. So I go back and I start reading 13, and like 13's in the middle of a storyline. I'm like, wait. So then I go back too, and it's like, okay, to understand this, you need to also be reading this one. I'm like, nope, nope, I'm out. Like you've <laughs> you've you've double you've made two contingencies on like how I can read through this. Like, and it's yeah, it's too much for me. Yeah too too much all great characters i i've got to stay away from these galactic spanning stories i think part of the problem for me might be too that um historically for me going back to being a kid and reading comics i've always been the street level comic fan 
Spider-Man and Batman, probably my two all-time favorites. You know, if you go back to when I was a kid, uh, I've never been a huge Superman fan. Never really read much Fantastic Four, you know, Silver Surfer, any of that type of stuff. Um, although it'll be interesting when you see my somebody's pick, because <laughs> uh, that kind of flies in the face of that. But that's um, that's for newer reasons. But yeah, so I, I think maybe the Marvel space opera type stuff never interested me. Maybe because I was such a huge Star Wars fan, and I said, nah, I get my I get my space stuff over in Star Wars. Thanks. I'd rather, you know, watch Spider-Man swing around New York City. Uh, so maybe that's part of it for me. But and, and, you know, maybe this is a phenomenal story if you do read from the start and you you get the entire picture. But, yeah, it's to jump in the middle of it was almost impossible to make heads or tails of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like so the Realm of Kings stuff that I was looking at, too, like had a whole s- storyline with the Imperial Guard and stuff. So, like, I thought I was going to be good, but then I'm just like, I'm going to get a headache if I try to do this. Like, again, (laughs) like I was, I was literally trying to realizing that I would have to write down which comics that I needed to go and get next. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to have to write things down. Like, I just want to be able to like flip from one to two and have it. And there's, there's too much good stuff out there um, that I can't, that i can't do that yeah yeah Yeah. so again not not a bad story just too much going on it's it's kind of and i get it it's like when you did secret wars and stuff and you brought in all these different titles you know but i think the core story of some of those ones were were tighter like you didn't necessarily have to read all the or Civil War is another great example. There are tons of little stories going off on the side, but for whatever reason, like I don't remember when I read like the core Civil War, like having to go and read all those side ones to understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Secret Wars too because where I'm at in Uncanny X-Men, they went away for Secret Wars and then just came back and there's a whole bunch of story stuff that they referenced and I'm like, maybe I should take a bit and go <laughs> go and read Secret Wars because um there's some key stuff for the X-Men in Secret Wars. So, um and obviously, you know, Spidey gets a black costume and and um and I was looking at that era of the Spidey comics too, so I I might I might go in and read Secret Wars. Yeah. And again, I think and I get why that's done too. Like from a marketing standpoint, like here's a great way to convince somebody to go buy more comics. But I was just annoyed that this one started kind of like literally the storyline takes place in the middle of a storyline. Like, yeah. and that's, that's tough. I don't like when a one starts off like that sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Overall though, not, I mean, I'm, I certainly don't, regret <laughs> the time invested because it was you know it was interesting to kind of get a glimpse into it but yeah i think over i think you need the big picture unfortunately to to really enjoy it yeah and like i said i really like uh dan abnett's writing um uh, you know um and that's why i was trying to get into some of the other stuff the war of king stuff that he was doing but then all of a sudden i realized i was like nope there's too many kind of other things tied in so i think i'm i'm out <laughs> all right so it's my pick for the next read this and this is something that i've been wanting to reread i read it when it came out in 1993 through 1994 it had not been on comiXology unlimited it is now uh it is batman nightfall 
volume one. All right. Uh, when, yeah, Bane breaks the Batman. Um, I will say I took a peek at it last night. It does what some trade paperbacks do that drive me crazy. It adds in extra stuff. There is the Vengeance of Bane one shot at the start. You don't need to read it. It's literally just going over Bane's. I mean, you obviously can. You can do what you want, but I I don't think you need to read it. It's it goes over Bane's origin story. Um, it's it's okay. It's not it's not great. And then it has even a precursor issue of Batman before Nightfall. The actual numbered Nightfall issues begin, um, which kind of sets things up. So you, and it's a single issue, so you can you can certainly read that but then it jumps into nightfall proper the, the actual numbered books which i was picking up in um i don't think for some reason this is this is in my memory banks that i the first issue of batman nightfall i picked up was when amy and i had come back from tennessee from college during this summer but you know this semester between uh summer between semesters and I remember going to the, the comic book store uh, that was local there and picking up what must have been like maybe issue three or four of Nightfall and then grabbing the other ones, too. But for whatever reason, that's ingrained in my head that I started reading it while we were in Maine, even though it started when we were still in Tennessee. But um, uh, but I read the whole thing. I read all the way through. I thought it was a great it's a great premise where Bane releases all of the Arkham Asylum inmates. Batman essentially wears himself thin, chasing them down, and then that's when Bane attacks. And it's um, it's a who's who of the Batman rogues gallery. You get them setting up John Paul Valley, who I think ended up being a huge clunker for them, really, as a as a character, as you know, him eventually taking on the Batman mantle in the like more high tech Batman outfit, and then Azrael and all that. I don't I don't think he was what they had hoped he would be. But um, but I remember really enjoying this, so I thought it'd be fun to go back, and I was waiting for it to be on Comixology, and it is now. So, um, yeah, Batman Nightfall Volume 1 for next time. Cool. Looking forward to it. Nice. All right. Moving on. And please don't make the super suit green. Or animated. All right, welcome into the Somebodies, where we discuss a character that's uh, maybe not as well-known and has some interest to us for whatever reason. And this month, it was my turn to pick, and I went with Granny Goodness. And she's not a character I know a ton about. I always feel like that's one of the most bizarre names in comic books. Um, but from the mind of Jack Kirby, uh, obviously a legend. So, you know, in the new gods that he did with DC, Kirby's so – his name is so ingrained in Marvel comics that – I think, and certainly there are tons of fans of his DC work and his New Gods work, but I, I think the New Gods don't get, they're, they're not as prominent in people's minds for as Kirby's work in Marvel. But um, she makes a cameo in the Justice League Snyder Cut, uh, not name-checked. She's just literally there in the background when you see Darkseid and, you know, some of the other... Um, uh of his cohorts but she's there and it's clearly her and um so i was like yeah let's let's take a little look at her uh, now i i feel like you've read some new god stuff is that right andy so i know granny goodness a lot through mr miracle because mm. i like mr miracle and she plays a big part because well as we'll get into she ran like the terror orphanages um on apocalypse so you know, Mr. Miracle is, you know, 
he's he's there he doesn't realize he's the son of high father um but yeah so that's it's it's some of that so she's often often shows up um because some of the other characters that mr miracle knows are still kind of influenced by or controlled by granny goodness so like uh big barda and stuff like that and um so that's that's where i know uh granny goodness mostly from um but yeah, she's like what's crazy is she's played like she's portrayed everything from like like kind of s- s- like but it's always an old lady. Uh, but it's <laughs> like like small and demure to like like super like buff and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah check I, out the um. I was gonna tell listeners to to go go to her Wikipedia page and check out the classic Kirby art because yeah she's yeah she looks like you wouldn't want to mess with her you're not gonna ask her for extra cookies when you're, when you're right 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 <laughs> when you're visiting um, yeah but she's a really she is a pretty interesting character as well because she's basically she's <laughs> like she's a nanny but like <laughs> a terrible like. <laughs> in this like weirdly like good but terrible way like she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing like and it's not it's not necessarily that she like hates her charges like she's just like you know when you live on apocalypse there's a certain way you have to raise your kids <laughs> yeah it's funny it says it claims the wikipedia claims she was modeled after phyllis diller um oh that's hilarious. first appearance First appearance, Mr. Miracle number two, May 1971. Uh, again, Jack Kirby uh, created her. Um, she's known now more as being one of Apocalypse's um, and Darkseid's, uh, like, you know, major domos, like, you know, sergeants at arms or whatever you want to call them. They're, you know, his his trusted inner circle. Um, but uh, apparently did not start out that way. She, um, But she was trained to be um, uh, kind of one of his... Um, uh warriors and become chief of the female furies um yeah that it's it's so funny to me because i did i don't know much of the the new god stuff but it's um and again maybe it's because it's that kind of more universal galactic space type stuff that i that i stayed away from but like so many of these characters are fascinating to me like um you know, like like Darkseid and and Granny Goodness and some of the other ones that we see. We see Steppenwolf in the the you know is obviously in the Justice League movie. Um, you see um, a little bit of oh shoot, who's the other one that um, is uh, one of Darkseid's major? Uh, I can't Hans. remember who. Uh, no, it's it's one of the other um, one of the other Darkseid um, acolytes, one of his other like second in command type ones i can't um i can't remember who it is but um but you know he's in there too and there's there's a ton of cool stuff in the snyder cut that's that deeper cut dc stuff that i was i was really drawn to in the movie so yeah she just really interests me because it's it's such a bizarre design and idea for a character and it's very it is very late 60s early 70s aesthetic but um but i don't know just very um She's, I don't know, something really interesting about that character. Well, what's funny, too, is they, they in the Wikipedia write-up, too, they talk about her brainwashing and torture. But, like, you you definitely get in some of the, like, Mr. Miracle stuff like this, 
image of her is like she is still kind of like a mother figure to a bunch of these these characters and stuff and you know has her reasons for 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 doing it this way but other times she is portrayed as like quite dark and evil i think it kind of depends on where you know where you need the the story to go um yeah but yeah was who i was trying to think of oh okay yeah yeah but yeah there's there's a ton of like dark sides his his inner circle there there's some really cool characters in there um you know uh calabax in there and um you know i mentioned steppenwolf there's some there's some cool characters there so maybe that's something i need to explore a little more is the new god stuff because um you know, and I thought she'd be a fun one to to talk about because of you know her appearance in the in the Snyder cut of the Justice League, which again is literally her in the background, no speaking line, not they don't say her name, but she's there, and you you're like they show Dark Side and there's a couple people behind him, and my eyes immediately went to her, and I was like, that's Granny Goodness. Um, so it was you know it was it was just kind of cool to um to see her uh, on screen. So I think one of the, like one of the things that's always been weird about the kind of the DC kind of um, kind of space. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but they're kind of, they're more kind of new gods. I guess the new gods um, is they, they, they're, they're often outdoing their own thing where Marvel seems to Marvel created a lot more of them. It seems like you have much more kind of intergalactic super beings uh, where DC has like a much smaller focus. I think that also gets back to like, I think DC has a lot more street level kind of heroes um, and it's harder to bring in, you know, these godlike characters all the time. Um, and they're a much smaller group. So I don't, I don't think there is well known. Like, I think when most people see a picture of apocalypse, they just assume it's Thanos. Like, like. <laughs> the design, the design is very similar. Even watching the Snyder cut, I was like, I was like, yeah, that's unfortunate that they're so, cause you've got so many people that have come to, that aren't even comic book people that have come to know these characters from the Marvel cinematic universe. And then they're like, Oh, I'll check out this Snyder cut of, you know, that everyone's talking about. They're like, that looks like Thanos. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Even though that dark side uh, predates Thanos, so it's a yeah. yeah uh, but yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I, I think you bring up a good point. I think Marvel really embraced that star, you know, galaxy spanning stuff because you do you've got the Kree and the Skrulls, you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got the uh, Star Jammers, you got Galactus and you know his heralds, you got all that, and then really if you think about DC. Yeah, there's new gods, but they're not that well known. Their best known, like starfaring type stuff, would be probably the Green Lantern universe, and I, that's about it, really. But even then, they're like the stuff that happens with some of the spacefaring stuff is there's like one character that travels between these different locations. It's not, you know, it's not these starfaring kind of empires that you have in marvel like even if you think about it even what you have with the high father and dark side um and the kind of what takes place between those two planets um it, it's just those two planets for the most part that are fighting all the time like it's not That's true um 
and yeah it's it, so it's it's uh, to me it makes it harder sometimes too because they just don't there's not a, a whole lot written about them as well like it so um it is cool that you know that uh zack snyder's kind of justly cut is pulling some of those guys in because uh, it would be cool to see some of some more of the new gods um stuff um in in the dc world i just don't know that there's enough you know out there for people to kind of latch on to it you know i think and kind of in i think people when they think of dc think more of the street level and that's they like that a little bit more yeah yeah that's a good point yeah yeah so um cool yeah granny goodness uh was our pick this time and so yeah check her out maybe i'll dig a little deeper into the uh new gods but uh, we've kind of made our way to the end of another issue. Um, I did put out a mailbag call, but I, it was my fault. I only did it a couple days ago, and I don't think we got anything. So don't wait for me to uh, to post stuff on the Facebook page. If you guys have questions or, or things you want to recommend or anything like that, please do um, get in touch with us. You can shoot us an email. Um, I, I, I apologize. There's a decent chance people have emailed me, and I've completely missed it because that the one that I give out on here is the one that gets all the spam and stuff. So, um, <laughs> but you can, it's I M C L A R K at comcast.net. If you want to shoot me an email with a question about, um, uh, something about comics or something you want us to talk about or something you want to recommend, that would be great. I will try very hard to, to find it. I apologize if I don't, um, cause it's literally everything from like, anytime I sign, I sign a petition, like a political petition anything like that, that's the email I put in. So it's literally a mountain of, of like oh, uh, political so stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that it's like uh yeah all like hey you want to legalize weed here's 800 emails <laughs> awesome right, right, right. thanks <laughs> I, thought so, I, did, I thought i did see something on our oh maybe back. look, maybe I'll look at it real, real quick, quick uh, here um but um yeah you're much do, better at it than i am i'm always terrible about it um i always think i'm gonna get more into our social media and then i don't <laughs> um yeah, maybe not. Oh, you know what it was? It was just, you know, I think it was letting letting people know that we had we had seen a few more people kind of. Yeah, I I keep getting notifications that we're we're getting new likes and new followers, so I do appreciate that. So yeah, if you if you enjoy the show and you've got other comic book fans that um that you know, definitely let them know how to find us on the Freebooters Network, and um uh we we really appreciate it and um. We we like to hear from people and we we like to know that you're out there. But I think even if nobody was listening, Andy and I'd still do this because we like talking about comics. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely do. Um, yeah, but yeah, we like getting questions, and I, I think we do this too because we like kind of thinking about the comics. You know, I, I look at it as this is me and Ian's kind of book group. Um, you know, yeah. that's uh, that's um, it may I think comics are much more than kind of just you know just uh what we would sometimes refer to as cartoons um there's there's often really good writers and artists out there so it's fun to it's fun to read it and discuss yeah for sure i think it does sometimes get a a bad rap as sort of like a quote-unquote disposable type of entertainment you just read it and forget it or whatever but but no you're right there's some some fantastic creators um you know writers and artists and, and everyone that puts in their work to to make these comic books so yeah they're they're definitely definitely worth your time and worth uh worth checking out and worth discussing so we're glad you're along for the ride so andy thank you as always 
Uh-huh. Thank you, Ian. And thank you to the listeners, and we will be back very soon. Go check out some cool stuff. Read Batman Nightfall Volume 1 if you want to read that along with us. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a great springtime. We're in April here. It's right before Easter. I got a ham cooking, so house smells nice, so everything's great. I know there's going to be chocolate bunnies around tomorrow, so I hope everyone is, um, you know, goes out, gets their, gets their vaccine, and uh, we can – hopefully start to get back toward normal and go to comic book shows and conventions and all that type of fun stuff. So, so feels like uh, 2021 hopefully can have a, a really positive end to it. And I'm actually getting more optimistic that dragon con will happen. So, um, you know, I know a lot of the summer ones have been canceled, but dragon cons, you know, September. And so we'll, we'll just wait and see, but um, yeah, hopefully things are, things are improving. And uh Thank you for listening. Thanks, as always, to Andy for uh, for being my partner in crime here on the show. And we will be back in one month. Until then, we're reminding you it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.